You're rocking with the best. Thoughts of the week. Week. Let's go.
What's good what's good what's good how's everybody doing what's going on Put the camera this way a little bit i don't know man it's been rough it's been real rough it's been really rough you know what i mean i've been trying to get this particular episode begun and there's been nothing but issues going on. And I'm using the light stream. I don't know, man. I might end up having to do this over again, but maybe not. Maybe not. All right. Um, I'm going to try something else. Try something a little bit different. I'm going to see something real quick here. So look at the camera real quick. I'm just I'm just looking at a monitor real quick, a small monitor. Let me see what's going on here. There's some slight delay. And I just want to check some things out right quick. Might just have to do some improvising today. All right. Okay. So yeah, first of all, let me say this. Um, it's been a rough, I don't know how many hours and hopefully this video doesn't jump and I'm periodically looking at the monitor. I probably should turn the volume up a little bit just in case, but, um, I've tried an app. I don't know if I should call out the app's name, but I tried two apps. Matter of fact. So going live with two different apps on my phone, there's been issues with that. All right. From yesterday, uh, yesterday, roughly around this time, and last night, um, I tried again because I had um, I was had some things to do, so I, I end up not recording during the day. That I was going to record, and normally Tuesdays is the day I do um, live shows on Thoughts of the Week. 
And so um, I thought I'd try it last night, even though I didn't um, you know I was having issues with it during the day. And so I thought I'd try it last night, tried the app again. And then there was some issues with the app again. And so I said, man, I was getting tired. I was like, man, I'm going to try it again tomorrow. So at 12.45, I actually tried to get started again with the same app. And matter of fact, I might just talk about the app on another platform, another Facebook page of mine, Norwood Ventures. So you guys want to hear me talk about um, these two particular apps I was trying to use. Yes, well, today I was trying to use the second one both of those but yesterday i was trying to use one and um so things didn't work out with that and what was i saying i know last night i tried to use this one particular app because i thought it was a cool app it was working pretty good and doing things i like um, on a previous, some previous uh, recordings I did. So I said, well, let me use it again. Let me play with it again. And so yesterday around this time, the app was messing up. I don't know if it was a Wi-Fi connection. I don't know if something's going on in the airwaves and it's messing things up. But um, yeah, the app was messing up. So I said, well, I tried it again at night, still problems. Today, around 12.45, I had scheduled to go on live, and I seen that this particular app, you can pick, uh, it gives you choices. You can create a new event, you know, to go live, or you could um, go to a scheduled event, and then you can start from there. So I thought that was even cool about that app still having problems tried it a couple of times still having problems so i said well let me use this other app that i've been using it's been pretty good for me in the past started doing that i tried to do the multi-stream on that if y'all know y'all know y'all might know what i'm talking about if you listen to my previous videos when i'm talking about multi-stream the particular app i use and so i tried to use that app for the uh, multi-stream then to try to go on Facebook and YouTube together. And um, I was getting issues with that. So I said, well, let me just do one or the other using the same app. I tried to do the same thing again, just using um, one of the platforms. I went to YouTube first, having issues. It started playing good or recording live good. Then there was some issues. So... And then I said, well, let me do Facebook because I hadn't gone on Facebook lives in a while. I normally would do YouTube and then I would put my videos up on Facebook later. And then also the um, social, the other um, podcast platforms, I will put the audio up at a later time. But trying to do on Facebook problem. So I said, well, let me just go to my laptop and try to go live there as the as the last resort. Then I remember there's there's a website that I can go on live. And um 
let me try that and so far from what i can see looking at my phone everything is going good so just give me a second here okay so so far i mean using this website i'm on live now with you guys hopefully things will continue to function properly now i might also talk about this particular uh website that i'm using to go live as well it's an alternative to obs because there's one thing that's still not seeming to function right and so I might get back with them like I did before. They was pretty responsive as far as um, when I was telling them things was not working like they should. And they were pretty good with um, trying to come to some resolve as far as telling me the next time I go on live to um, let them know. So in case something happens right then and there, they can probably look at things and fix it. But I hadn't gone on live since that time. And uh, so I decided now, let me try this um, site first to go on live. And if things mess up this time, then I'm just going to try another alternative. I'm just going to go directly either with the YouTube app or the Facebook app itself and go on live that way and then just you know, turn the camera to things I need to point out about stuff. And if that didn't work, you know, I would do YouTube first. Then that messed up. I would go to um, Facebook if that messed up. Uh, I think I probably was going to try to go do the same thing on the laptop. And if those two things messed up, then there would be no show. So even with me saying that, it's making me think like, what if, you know, those what ifs and, and plan for those what ifs right so which was the actual something i was going to talk about probably on another um page or channel of mine on facebook or youtube in regards to you know planning for things that could possibly happen in the future and so i was and i might talk i might not even talk too much about it here but um you know, just just thinking, like I said, what if everything did shut down like that and you wanted to go live? How would you actually do it? You know, how many ways you can can you figure out? And I just named a few ways. I try apps, I try laptops. Um, try. Well, I'm trying this now with the uh, website and so that I'm using to go live. And like I said, so far it's working, but um what if all this stuff didn't work? What would be the alternative? The probably the alternative would be to use my phone to just record everything I was going to say if I wasn't going to be on camera live and then just upload those to um, the um, podcast platforms. That would probably be the only alternative. And then upload the pod, upload the audio or one of the podcast shows to maybe the Facebook page and then that might be the only way to do it to get it out there but um so with that being said so far so good everything is working fine and 
I'm pretty satisfied thus far that everything is working. And so I'm gonna play around and play around with these things here. And hopefully they will work like they should. And so today, what I wanted to talk to you about today's real hot topics. Um, some of the topics might, you might've heard of it talked about, but I'm going to come revisit it from a different angle and um, kind of present it that way from a different angle. And uh, yeah, like the angles. You guys, excuse me for a bit. I'm just trying to get things to work in here. Let's see. All right, there we go. So, yes, ladies and gentlemen, you are watching Thoughts of the Week. And we're going to get started, man. All right, we're just going to get things popping right now. You're now rocking with the best Thoughts of the Week. Most definitely. All right. So let me just adjust some th things right now. All right. And let me just see something really fast. Um, hopefully everything is popping like it should. There you go. I like that. And um, what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to show you guys a video. We're going to talk about several topics. Today, right now, I'm going to talk about the BIE versus the WIE. That is the black identity extremist versus the white identity extremist. And um, I came across this video a while back actually looking for something else, right? Actually looking for something else. And when I was looking for another video, I, like I said, I came across this one. So I thought, hmm, this is something that needs to be uh, shown and told. I don't know how many people actually seen it or not. And so I thought it would be very interesting for you guys to see. All right. It'll be very, very interesting for you guys to check out. Okay. All right. So this first video, I'm gonna go ahead and play it. Um, I think you find it very interesting. So here it is, all right? And then we'll talk about it on the side. 
here. Um, um, between between 19... 1966 to target law enforcement officers. I believe earlier you said you were not familiar with the report, is that correct? Well, I haven't read it. I know uh, some of the alleged uh, targeting of, of officers uh, by okay, so I, I group. Know, and I'll ask you about that in a minute. So you um, are somewhat familiar with it. Who had the power in your department to order a report like this? I'm not sure how that report got ordered. I don't believe I explicitly approved it or directed it. Okay, so uh, you're not, you haven't necessarily read the report, but you are familiar with the term black identity. Well, I think so, yes. So can you, so can you tell me what that term means to you? Do you believe that there is a movement of African Americans that identify themselves as black identity extremists? And what does that movement do? Well, I'd be interesting to see the conclusions of that report. But I'm aware uh, that there are groups that uh, do have an extraordinary commitment to their um, racial identity, and some have transformed themselves even into violent activists. Are you aware of white organizations that do this as well? Given that white supremacy is well-documented, well-researched movements such as the neo-Nazis, the Ku Klux Klan, etc., are they white identity extremists? I, I didn't follow that, that question, please, please again. Um, is there a term or a report on white identity extremists? You mentioned you were familiar with black people who identify with their racial identity. Yes, but it's not coming to me at this moment. Not coming to you? Uh, it's um, certainly a group such as the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah, and then the skinhead movements, but they're a racial identity white movements. Um, that have been identified for sure. So has the FBI done a report on white identity extremists that are likely motivated to target law enforcement officers? Uh, I'm not aware of that. Okay. Uh, are you aware of a group called the Sovereign Citizens? I've heard that group, yeah. I believe that the Sovereign Citizens is primarily a white organization that absolutely has targeted police officers and killed police officers. You're not aware of that? I'm not aware of all their crimes, but I know there are groups that saw uh, known to have violent tendencies. Could you name an African-American organization that have committed violent acts against police officers? Could you name one today? In this report, they name organizations from 30, 40 years ago, but can you name of one today that has targeted uh, police officers in a violent manner? I believe I could, but I would want to be uh, to confirm uh, that and submit it to you in writing. But I believe we had, within the last year or so, four police officers killed by a group that some have described as uh, extremists. So what has happened is, is that there have been a couple of instances in which African-Americans did kill police officers who were not associated with a black organization. And so one, for example, in Baton Rouge was associated with sovereign citizens, which is primarily a white group. So you should know that there's a lot of concern in the community, especially from organizations such as Black Lives Matter. By the way, would you consider Black Lives Matter a uh, black identity extremist group? Um, 
I'm not able to comment on that. I'm not. A, I have not so declared it. So you should know that a lot of activists around the country are very concerned that we're getting ready to repeat a very uh, sad chapter of our history where people who are rightfully protesting what they consider to be an injustice in their community, which is their uh, relationship uh, with police officers, are now being targeted and labeled as extremists and are going through periods of surveillance and harassment. And so I would like to know, what is your department going to do to protect the rights of average citizens to protest if they have a concern about police officers. This department will not unlawfully target people. So if that's the case, then I would ask that you review this report, Black Identity, Identity Extremists Likely Motivated to Target Law Enforcement Officers, because I personally don't believe that any such organizations exist. The organizations that are referred to in this report uh, are organizations from decades ago. And so I would like to know, what will you do to essentially roll back what is listed in this report? Because it's not accurate. Look, we will look at the report. I actually um, would be interested in reading it. But they usually do an excellent job, objective and fair, on those kind of reports. Okay, well, time of the, time of the gentleman has expired. So y'all check that out, right? Very interesting. This goes back to, I don't know if it was 2017 or 2016, where they had that report that there was some black identity extremist group and they were targeting police and this and that. And Ms. Bass seemed to contradict that and pointing out things like in this report they were naming old like black groups from 30 years ago and trying to front them off like that's what's going on right now and of course sessions i think he's out now but um you've seen the games he was playing up there laughing at times and then not either appearing or not really knowing what was going on and couldn't give good answers as to you know what's up with this report what's really going on with it who approved it who gave the okay and he was pretty much trying to without him um talking about or revealing anybody and of course without probably implicating himself he brushed it off to well i gotta go check it out i didn't Pretty much, he said he didn't give the okay, so somebody apparently approved it. But of course, he didn't say. And I guess that wasn't, I guess it was asked, but not asked, like right after he said that. She should have said, well, who who gave the okay then? And his answer was like, well, I'll check into it. Um, I'm not too familiar with the information. I'm somewhat familiar and so basically what it boils down to is like a lot of people were saying even people inside the government and probably more quiet people probably in the fbi have even mentioned like yo what's really going on this is this is a joke there's no such group out there that's out there targeting police and yet you keep seeing these incidences of 
white guys continuing to go on and doing a lot of stuff. And it's getting to the point where um, it's getting to the point where it's looking like a group and they're kind of going doing their one-offs. It's like when you try to um, get into a gang or something and you got to do these these different things to get in. And then once you're in, I guess they get you doing some more stuff. All right. So I wanted to show you guys that because um, I don't know how many people were aware of this was on uh, PBS or at least PBS was showing some of it. And there's actually a few other videos where Miss Bass is asking other members, I guess, that are under uh, sessions to try to get some answers. And everybody's just juggling around with what the truth really is right so so much for that so much for that I thought that was pretty interesting, to say the least. What's going on here? Okay, there we go. I thought it was pretty interesting, to say the least. And so with that being said, let's go on to some other hot topics. I just wanted to start that off with y'all to see what y'all think. You know, if you had anything to say about that in particular, and so we're going to talk about um, Lamar, no, London Lamar and Cindy Hyde Smith. All right. Um, I think London Lamar recently won in Tennessee, I think, part of the Senate, some part of government. She's um, pretty young. I think she might be in her 20s. And um, she had made a statement because she's uh, representing uh, Tennessee and she made a statement in in the form of, and I'll show you guys a video here in a sec, but um, she made a statement that people got all upset about and, and uh, started blasting her about it. But yet it always seems odd that when you play around with the racial thing and when a certain race says something, everybody tries to jump on that person's case. But then when another person makes a racial comment from another race, it just seems to get glossed over and everything turns into a joke or a bad situation. So real quick, I'm going to show this video. When we, uh, what I'm gonna do here is, is, is pull up this video. There we go. And this video is gonna be of London Lamar. And then I'm gonna show you another video after that. I hope I got it. Let me make sure here. Well, her, first of all, let's look at this one from uh, London Lamar, okay? So you guys can, get what I'm talking about here. 
you know, looking here in Tennessee. Let's just, let's just call a spade a spade. Tennessee's racist, period. Period. Like, Tennessee's racist. And if you for one moment thought that white people in Tennessee were going to leave their own to jump over here and give us more access, they just told you it's not happening. It's not happening. And so I think that for us, one, first of all, this is a, a lesson to all our statewide political consultant candidates. The black vote, which most Democrat and 90% white, right, it is not to be used as a hand, period. Um, it's also a lesson to let political consultants know that pandering to Republicans to win is a losing strategy. Like, they're not going to leave their own. They are not going to support you over their own. They are not going to press the Democrat or hard. It's no point. And so I think that what we've been saying for so long is that, and we should have learned this in 2016, I'll be in yet, that when you don't cater to your own people, that you're, you will lose. And I think that, all, you know, overall, like, catering to Republicans this whole election season failed. And I think that in Tennessee, what we need to do is become more confident in our democratic values and work on turning out our own people. So if we look at some of the numbers last night, white men voted Republican over, well over 60, 60 or 70 percent. So obviously, that's a particular base of people who um, believe in superiority. Like, like they, don't they don't believe in sharing their wealth. They don't believe in sharing resources. They believe that you want to work on your own. And, and they, they went to the, went to the polls and voted. White, white women. Over, over half the white women still voted against their own interests. Let me make this very clear. Over half the white women still voted against their own interests. Uh, they put Marshall Library office who don't even think you deserve equal pay. Like, what is that? Like, you have a U.S. senator now representing Tennessee who doesn't believe women deserve equal pay. And women voted for her. That's Secondly, um, they voted I ain't Bill Lee for governor. Someone I have to work with in the state legislature. Bill Lee throughout his campaign talked about um, supporting vouchers who will put public funds for education in the private schools. He believes women's uh, issues are divisive. Um, he also believes in putting private money into public businesses. Those are the things he talked about. Um, we talked about family care, expanding health care access. He said he was not going to expand Medicaid, Medicare. Any of those, any access to health care won't be expanded. Um, and Tennesseans have to Most of the Tennesseans who voted Republican are uneducated. So, they don't even know that they showed up to the polls to vote against their own interests. They literally voted on colored lines. In Tennessee, we voted based on race. Not, not that any of our statewide candidates were black or a minority. It was the fact that they were going to support the issues that help uplift the, the, the minority community. That's what they voted against. So for me, you know, I think I'm saying it all today. You know, I'm very excited about my win. You know, we've been pretty much, pretty much celebrating this win since August, right? This year is over here. I just want other people to realize 
speak right now. I think that we as a community, especially as a black community, we need to start organizing amongst ourselves. We need to start building up our own candidates and propelling them to represent our city on a higher scale. Um, I also think that we need to stop acting like we are post-racial American people. We are not. Tennessee is racist. Like, these people, I don't want to say these people, white people in Tennessee have voted against you. And not just a little bit, but a lot of it. We talk about racism, and it does happen. And it's not something that you can say, oh, it's the people are not racist. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. And I want y'all to know that it's okay to open. They are racist, and they are supporting racist candidates, and I think y'all need to be very clear on who your candidates are and what their stances are, and I think you need to, we need to start calling them out, point blank, simple. Um, Democrats, if you want to be a Democrat, be a Democrat. Don't hand us a Republican. Don't try to do all this other stuff. So before I get ready, before I say anything about that, let's just take a look at another video and then we can kind of discuss the situation because I could talk about it now, but um, I just hold off and then, like I said, we can always come back to it. All right. So here's a second video. Let's see here if we can get this one going here. All right. Now, here's a video regarding Cindy High. Y'all heard what London Lamar said. Basically, she was saying, you know, although she won, she was acknowledging that, you know, Tennessee is racist, it has a racial problem. And then she said some other things in uh, you know, after that. Now, there's some things that I wasn't that I think she and it might be because she's young, because later on she came back and gave a statement saying, you know, she's just like everybody else, people started young and they make mistakes and says say things here and there. So she kind of backtracked a little bit. But um, yeah, and still people were going, you know, getting in on her and everything like that, regardless. But I haven't heard too many people, and maybe I missed it, but I haven't heard any, too many people say anything what this next lady said. And that's uh, Cindy Hyde Smith. And I'm going to play that for you now. There is only one center race left in the nation. I promise. 
It's the runoff election in Mississippi set for next Tuesday between the incumbent appointed Republican Senator Cindy Hyde-Smith and the challenger former Democrat Congressman and Secretary of Agriculture Mike Espy. Now, this was supposed to be a pretty easy race for Hyde-Smith, a Republican running in a deep south state that Trump won by 18 points. But then Hyde-Smith started running into some trouble of her own making. She was caught on camera saying it's a great idea to make it harder for little folks to vote. She was found to have posed in the Confederate soldier's hat holding a gun and she, and she made, made this really unbelievable comment in a state where more than 600 black people were killed in lynchings more than in any other state. To vouching for her friend there saying if he invited me to a public hanging, I'd be in the front row. That, that comment across the line from our companies, including Walmart, which offers campaign, campaign donations back. And so, so now the bizarre scene that took place last night in the one and only debate between the Senate candidates. candidates. This was no ordinary debate. The Jackson Free Press reported that Hyde Smith demanded no audience and no press be present. That the debate would be organized by the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, whose top board members have all donated to Hyde Smith. But the craziest detail involved the notepads the candidates were supposed to use to take notes during the debate. Hyde Smith campaign access to their notepad an hour early, and they appear to have used it as a cheat sheet, just like fill out quick notes for her to look at. Check out these huge piles of notes in front of Hyde Smith versus the one small stack in front of SP. Hyde Smith repeatedly looked down at her notes from the debate, though at times it didn't really seem to help too much. Tonight, you have heard two clearly different opposite the difference between, between me, and me and my opponent. opponent. She, she also relied on her notes making a stilted apology, apology for the uh, public hanging comment. You know, for anyone that was offended by my, by my, my comments, comments, I certainly apologize. There was no there was ill will, 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 no intent whatsoever in my statements. Mike Espy, the Democrat, African American, said the damage had been done. done. I don't know what's, don't know what's in your heart, heart, but we all know it came out of your mouth. It, it, it was viral within, within, within the first, first three minutes, minutes around the world. And so it's called that so state of It's given us a mother of black guy that we don't need. need. It's, it's just rejuvenating the old stereotypes you know, that we don't need anymore. Joining me now, Jackson, Free Press reporter Ashton Pittman, one of the two reporters who broke the story of Hotspin's debate demands. Also, the president of the NAACP, Gary Johnson, who previously led the NAACP Mississippi State Conference. Let me start with you, Ashton. What Give me some background on how this debate came about and how the Smith people negotiated for it. So, for months, both Mike Espy and... Christa Daniel, who was a Republican opponent before the November 6th general, uh, have been asking her for a debate. She repeatedly refused. Uh, first, she said that um, she didn't want to debate because, or she couldn't debate because of her uh, Senate schedule. Uh, but then, when the Senate went on recess, uh, she said, well, actually, she didn't want to debate because she thought uh, McDaniel's uh, supporters might come and be rude and boo her uh, if it had a live audience. Um, so. The day after uh, the day after uh, the November sixth election, uh, she apparently spoke with Farm Bureau, Bureau and by Thursday morning she put out a press release saying she had agreed, she agreed to, to this debate. debate. Um, and when I called the Mike Espy campaign that morning after the press release, they had not even seen the rules of the debate <laughs> or seen the terms. terms. So they, so they had accepted. accepted.
accepted it, but she accepted it immediately. So, so I'm assuming, uh, you, know, you know, she must have already talked to them about what, what those terms would be, be. but that's because they did not even know the terms at the time she accepted. Derek, talk a little bit about how you're viewing this as somebody who did civil rights work in that state, an African-American candidate, and Hyde Smith in this race, which should be a walk for her given the kind of conservative voting habits of that state. Well, her actions, her statements, consistent with the racialized political nature of Mississippi. If you use race, religion, or region, you can get voters to vote against their interests. The statements she made, her posing for pictures with Confederate artifacts on, the nature by which she had the conversation dealing with both suppression, is a true indicator of her character, but not unusual for Mississippi. Yeah, unfortunately, race is a tool that is oftentimes weaponized to turn out a very conservative Base. Yeah, yeah, let me follow up on that. I think there's a lot of people watching, watching this saying, is this hurting? There's an internal poll that got leaked that had under five points. points. Do, you Do you think, think the, the kind of campaign she did run and the, the... All right, that's enough on that. They're going to go into their own little semantics. But um, I thought it was real interesting from both. They hear they jump on the uh, London Lamar, black young black uh, woman, and she made some comments. And if you want to be honest, you know, that's what it's all about, true honesty. Can you say that whether it's Tennessee or any state for that matter, you're going to tell me that there is no city or state in the United States where people aren't racist, don't have a racist mindset, don't have uh, racist practices. Are you really going to tell me or anybody else that those type of people don't exist at all? Right? I mean, if you're going to be honest and realistic, right? Are you going to tell me that there's no people that exist in this just talking about the United States alone, are you going to be that naive to to say that there is nobody whatsoever in Tennessee, because that's where we're talking about here, with a London Lamar um, in any state. You got Mississippi, where we're talking about Cindy Hyde Smith in Mississippi, right? And are you not going to be realistic <laughs> and tell me that there aren't racist people in every city? Now, because she either lives, London Lamar lives in Tennessee or she's done things in Tennessee and she apparently has seen the racism going on in there, she made those statements. Now. I think, like I said, she came back later and said, you know, I guess the paraphrase that she shouldn't have said it made it so broad, like everybody, like the whole state, because obviously that's not the case. But you can't go around saying that Tennessee, Mississippi, if you want to go up north and go Illinois or go to New York or go to Maine or wherever, that you're not going to find people with that racist mindset. 
So she's not off. Only thing she's off if you want to say she's off, which that's not really off, but she said herself that maybe she shouldn't uh, just kind of broaden it like that. But my thing is this. The people who are getting upset, if you know that you're not, then why get upset about it? You should already have your mind saying, oh, you know, she ain't talking about me because that's not how I roll. That's not how I think. That's not I don't um, agree with uh, racist practices, racist mindsets. So apparently the ones who got upset are the ones who are exactly what she said. Plain and simple. Right. And so. Let me see here real quick. So with that being said, let me go on to. Oh, we're going to talk about Cindy Hyde-Smith before I go on. Now, she said that if she was invited to a public hanging, she will be in the first in the front row. And so going back to what I just said, there are racist people with a racist mindset and some will practice that racism. And here you got somebody, I think she won. She ended up winning. And now she's going to be in that Mississippi government displaying this racial mindset. Right. She's going to display racial, that racial attitude. Now, the black people got something to worry about, just like when the white people were so upset with London. And again, like I said, the ones who were upset with her are more than likely had that mindset. Because if you didn't. You wouldn't even worry about it. You would think, oh, it's not talking to me. Now, when it came to Cindy Hyde Smith, I'm sure some people got upset, but I didn't see that get blown and people were outraged and this and that. I didn't hear even about too many black people being upset. But this is um, a state, Mississippi, where you had your lynchings going on there. And she had enough, enough nonsense to go on and make a comment like that. And yet... She's going to be in the Mississippi state government in some way, form or fashion. Right. And there was no push for her to leave or resign right away or whatever laws you can uh, participate in to remove somebody right away. Nothing spoke of it. And then you just get people debating on whether or not she should have said this, she shouldn't said that. And it kind of gets brushed away. It's kind of um, it's interesting when you look at it, to say the least. It's very, very interesting. And so what I'm going to show you guys now is another um, video here shortly. Um, I, I'm taking it that the uh, folks in South America have made their way to the borderlines of America. And this was on, uh, I think this was on Sunday. Or oh, the footage is from Sunday. Where you finally got to see some things go down with the, uh, the South Americans, I guess you can say, or Central America. South, in the Central South of America, South America. And um, 
a video of that. And then we'll talk about it here in a few. All right, so let me get this video set up real quick. And make sure everything is, is good. And um, I want to shout out to um, to Lightstream because so far so good. Everything is working on the live. Since I had so much issues with the apps I was using earlier today or tried to use some uh last night as well and i was having so much issues with that man and if you guys just give me a few minutes a few few seconds to get everything in place i will play this couple of videos here all right so Let me go on to the videos real quick and pull up this one. Let me see which one should I pull up first? Oh, hold on. Let me see here. Let me pull up. Let me see which one this is real quick. Yeah, this is another video from uh, regarding Cindy Hyde real quick. All right. Turn to the, the race for Senate in Mississippi. Mississippi. A runoff of election set for this Tuesday, Major League Baseball. The latest donor to Republican Senator Cindy Hyde Smith pointing back after a series of controversial statements she's made showing her with Confederate items. Tonight, a new controversy over where she and her daughter went to school. Here's ABC's David Wright. Republican Cindy Hyde Smith, the first woman ever to represent Mississippi in. Congress is once again taking heat for where she appears to stand on the state's racist past. The latest controversy exposed this weekend when the Jackson Free Press reported she went to high school at an all-white segregation academy. Published this yearbook book. Years later, she sent her daughter to a similar school. Smith's campaign calls the allegations a new low. This after a separate photo came to light on her own Facebook page. The Republican senator seen here wearing a Confederate Army cap at the home of Jefferson Davis. The caption, Mississippi history at its best. And there's a video of her joking with a supporter. I Smith later apologized. There was no ill will, no intent whatsoever. After the video went viral, several corporations asked her to return their campaign donations. How embarrassing is City Heights, Democrat Mike Ashby is hoping to become the state's first black senator since Reconstruction. He has walked a fine line, calling Heights Smith out. 
while trying not to alienate rural white voters. I don't know if it's in our heart, but we all know it cannot It's given us a black guy that we don't need. Republicans normally don't have to worry about Mississippi, but because of the race issues, as these voters are motivated, the president's now headed down to Mississippi to make sure his voters turn out too. Tom? All eyes on Mississippi, that election set for Tuesday, all right. Hi, everyone, George Stephanopoulos here. Thanks for checking out the ABC News YouTube channel. If you'd like to get more videos, show highlights, and watch live event coverage, click on the right over here to subscribe to our channel, and don't forget to download the ABC News app for breaking news alerts. Thanks for watching. So that was a real brief one right there. And so... I'm glad I played that one because there was some there was another point to be made. A couple of points. There um also I guess where where they had where she had that debate. She um I guess some notes was written for her. I guess there was some planning behind the scenes and she was able to get some notes. And I always find it interesting that if you were an honest person and you didn't mean something, why you got to read off um, notes or a teleprompter instead of speaking from what's really in your heart, what's really in your mind, really, not the heart. It's your heart doesn't think. But if what was really in your mind and you know you felt a certain way or you believe a certain way, you could have spoke from the mind. Right. Which is known also known as the heart, by the way. But um, you could speak from the mind, from your really true notes, and you would stumble what you were reading, right? Thought I had a video actually, because they could play a show her stumbling, but it was one that was where she was. It was more um, deeper in depth as far as her talking and calling herself a so-called apologize, which wasn't one at all, and um. She had to read from papers, from notes. If you know you really feel a certain way or you believe a certain way, you should be able to verbalize that from within, from within, right? And so people can read that a mile away that, you know, that was a bunch of garbage. She wasn't real about it. And that's obvious, right? And so, and so that's one point. Like I said, you might have to go look up some videos and check it out and uh, see the video I'm talking about where they really show her having a debate when she was reading from her notes. And you can't even read from your notes and be honest with even reading from your notes that she actually stumbled and messed up. It's not even a good look. And yet she's going to be representing some cities or the whole state. And there's black people in the state. I don't know what to tell you, but there was another point that I'm glad reason why I played that second video because it had, I forgot about that. And that was the companies that uh, the company that supported Cindy High Smith and they wanted their money back after the comment. So as long as she didn't make the comment, but I'm sure you already knew they were that she was like that. 
and yet they wanted to put money into her campaign anyway. So what I'm doing right now is pulling up some video. I mean, not video, but um, a news article showing you some of these companies that are down for, if it ain't the Republicans, they're for certain uh, specific people, all right? So I want y'all to check this out real quick. Check this out. Uh, back panel there of me doing this live. I want y'all to take a look at this, man. Take a look at this. Sometimes it's funny how when you <laughs> kind of on a side note, but it's kind of funny when you're trying to show some stuff and it freezes or funny things start happening to where you are able to show it. It's almost like it makes you wonder if somebody's really messing with, in this case, your computer to see, you know, So you won't put out certain information because then you'll wake up people if you do. But I wanted to show you guys this right here. Um, Hyde Smith offered an apology to anyone that was offended. by her hanging remark during her sole public debate with Espy, who is African-American last week, but that hasn't stopped Walmart and others to request that her campaign refund their donations. So I wanted to show you guys the different people that wanted to uh, put money on her or put money on her books, <laughs> if you will. All right. Put money on her books. So we have Major League Baseball put money on Cindy Hyde's books. All right. The organization said Sunday it is asking Hyde Smith to return a $5,000 donation made on Friday. The contribution was made in connection with an event Major League Baseball asked to attend. And Major League, a Major League Baseball spokesperson told USA Today Sports. 
Major League Baseball had a contribution be returned. Baseball, you know, research them and, and go deeper and see who in particular is in, in support of this lady and probably the Republicans at that. All right. Of course, Walmart was mentioned. Two thousand dollars to them. Two thousand dollars to uh, Hyde Smith. Then you have Union, which didn't, for some reason, this news article didn't give the amount. The railroad owner requested, declaring that it in no way <laughs> um, condones or supports divisive or perceived to be divisive statements. Now listen to what the wording is on this. Union Pacific. It says the railroad owner. All right. It says the railroad owner requested his money back, declaring, and it should have been saying, declaring that he, in no way, shape, or form, condones or supports divisive or perceived to. Notice the wording on that, right? And then, of course, in scientific, you got Pfizer, you got Amgen. I think that's um, Boston Pacific gave twenty five hundred. Pfizer gave five thousand. Amgen gave two thousand. This is either called Lidos or Lados. The doctor has asked for its five for his thousand dollars. Put in two thousand. All right. All these people money on her book. One of and said, "Go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and video." If the video will play, there you go. I guess it's trying to get itself prepped up. Maybe I need to play it, huh? I guess so. And as it's taking its sweet time, here we go. Should be coming up. Very this is of uh, the uh, the people from Central America.
Okay, so for you guys who are uh, who listen to the show on the podcast, so apparently you can't see what's going on. So what I was playing is a video of it looked like um, more or less you seen a bunch of males than you seen any women. I don't think it was any women in this particular video. From uh, I believe they're from Honduras, and they apparently made it all the way to the uh, U.S. border. And some openings inside, there was some fence were definitely um, breached, and it probably was due to them pulling on it or whatever. And they were able to start going through this little part in the gate, and nothing but these males. Like I said, they, I think they're from Honduras because I'm gonna play another video and in a moment, but um, these males were going to the fence, doing the fence, and apparently they were getting hit by uh, tear gas and probably dummy dummy rounds or rubber rounds from uh, guns from the um, border patrol. And so when they started hitting them with the tear gas, they started coming back over to the other side, which would be Mexico at this point. And um, I guess one guy got hit in the hand with either the uh, rubber rounds or dummy rounds and or by one of the tear gas canisters or whatever they shoot out, shoot with. And so he probably got hit in the hand and was complaining about it, you know, talking in Spanish. And um, But like I said, what I noticed, what was kind of interesting is one of the, um, I guess, people that are supposed to be a Border Patrol, uh, there was somebody in plain clothes. Like, I can just throw on a T-shirt and some jeans on. And I don't think that person even had a gun in the video. That's kind of odd. And then there was a gentleman who looked like he was in full uniform from a police department, border patrol. And then there was a guy who just had some uh, khakis on, a shirt, and just had a, a green vest on over his shirt. Like he just came from the bar and just threw on a vest and, and carried a gun. I find that very interesting as well. Also, like I said, what's interesting is the fact that in this video is just males going through the border and if there was any uh women there was very little shown and even kids so the majority of these people were um, on this particular video were uh, males either grown men or um, teenagers and some even younger than that i just find that real interesting to say the least now this next video i think is in regards to um, the Mexicans not uh, particularly liking the Hondurans or anybody from further south from them. And and you'll check out the video real quick and see what I'm talking about. Are now, now getting ready to leave the area. Just, just as the caravan of migrants from Central America is arriving. <laughs> 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 
After weeks of journeying near the Members of previous Central American Caribbean waiting months in the city to claim or even in the But with this caravan, to some, these migrants, particularly in how do you feel about the camping out here?
city that's growing hostile to their presence, while awaiting the unlikely chance to claim asylum in the United States, or attempt to cross the states illegally to the world's busiest border border. Oh, you got something to the show on um, platforms. If you can't speak, the... Um, The South Central Americans were through Mexico, and in particular, these folks uh, they liking going on. Again, Sandro people were around other men, and man, I was kind of dude, dude, He was saying like they're not going to know. Obvious to tell, uh, you know. Obvious as to I found quite to say the least. So let's get back around here real quick. And um, I got one more thing to go show, and I'm sure everybody is already been aware and heard of this story, right? Everybody has heard of the It was pretty, uh, pretty much a popular story. And it's in regards to the um, the uh, what's the north the center to let you know what happened real briefly, and then I'm gonna show pull up try to pull up an article here in a sec. Is that the uh, if you are not familiar with the uh, North Central Island, it's kind of in the if I'm not mistaken the Indian Ocean, an island that's in that particular region near India and all that. And definitely make no mistake about it, these people are African, they're not Indian. Um, you got all types of people verifying this. They've been apparently like over 65,000 years ago when they, some of them were being, you know, doing some traveling or whatever, they end up in this island, right? And so there was a gentleman who took it upon himself to go to this island and he figured he was going to go ahead and 
try to make contact with these people and they were not having it. All right. They were not having it by a long shot. Well, let me see if I could pull up a video instead, which probably probably would be a lot better. All right. Let me see here to give you some context. But basically, this man named John Chow. And there's so many stories. That's the old, that's another thing, too. There's so many stories about him that they were saying that kind of contradicts. Let me see here. Because there was uh, an uh, article saying that he was more, he was just a mere adventurer. He does, he does things like this across the globe, supposedly, or off and on, or how often he, he does it, right? He supposedly goes on these trips to different places and you know, visits exotic places. He's um, in one, one news article or one place he would, they were saying he was just an adventurer. Then they were saying he supposedly wanted to um, go there on his island to tell them about Jesus Christ, right? So they already got the stories mixed up about who this guy is or who he was. And they're trying to make it fit in a narrative to make it look like the Sentinel, the Sentinelese people were in the wrong and they shouldn't have killed them and this and that and the other. But basically what happened was, <clears throat> in a nutshell, is that he went to this island, I guess, trying to do his missionary duties, supposedly. And once he set foot on there, I think one story is saying that he made it the first time. If I'm not mistaken, like I said, there's so many stories with this guy. It's almost like they're trying to hide or cover up or try to put him in the best light they can and try to make it look like these black people, once again, even with somebody who doesn't, these group of people who had not made contact with any outs, so many, who knows, hundreds or thousands of years once they got on that island. And supposedly there was, you know, rumors that there were people years, years ago that were on the island and made contact with them at one point and then something along the lines of even one guy uh got on the island and then either kidnapped some of them and then left and then when they when this guy took them to some european country the the sentinelese that he kidnapped got sick so he ended up sending them back and um so then the sentinelese people figured well we're not going to let this happen again. Somebody going to try to kidnap us or snatch us or do something. And then they bring our people back sick. We don't even need to be around these people. They just make us sick. And then supposedly that was years and years ago. And so since then, um, they no longer allow people to come on their island. And they dealt with them accordingly, whoever did. And then supposedly was another guy who came in more recent years and supposedly was able to uh, meet with them in the water and he handed them coconuts and supposedly they liked that. And they also, I don't know if it's the same guy that gave them like some pigs and something else, but they supposedly buried the pigs and they didn't either eat that stuff or didn't trust the people or whatever. And uh, so they buried that and whatever else it was and kept the, co kept the coconuts. So, um, 
You're going to see if we can find a video here for you guys to check out. And let's see what we got here. Okay, let me see. Let's check out a few of them right quick. You guys can check that out. For whatever reason, there's some serious delay here. We're going to try to get it together, though. All right. Oops. Near that remote 
So right quick, um, I found that kind of interesting to, to say he wrote a journal. Now, where did he write this journal at? And did he take the journal with him on the island? Because it's some questions to really think about. They're saying he wrote these things in the journal that, hey, I know I got, you know, I could possibly be killed, but yet he still wanted to go on this island, right? Um, then he was talking about how one of the kids, I guess, threw an arrow into his book and the kids seemed to be really upset and he referred to it as being shot they sh he shot me or he shot at me with what they don't have it don't have guns they keep arrows and spears that's how they attack people so what did he get shoot to get shot with okay another thing that crosses my mind like i said again bringing up the the journal he wrote is this something he wrote prior to going on the island did he leave it with somebody or did he bring this journal on the island with him? Because how would the news people get a hold of his journal if he was on the island and got killed? And of course, they're not letting anybody go on the island. So that that would also mean nobody was able to go there and get his journal and then be able to bring it back. So I got questions about that. That's kind of suspicious. Only thing would make sense is that if he wrote these journal entries before going to the island and then maybe left it at a hotel or with the people that were on the boat with him that took him over there to the island. And as you heard earlier, it's illegal. Um, it's illegal to take pictures and people have been trying, been doing that for whoever knows how long. And it's illegal to even go on the island. You can go to jail. And now apparently they said they arrested these fishermen or whoever that brought them over there. So apparently it's illegal to even for you to bring somebody over there close to the island. All of that's illegal. And yet this guy claimed he knew all of this was a fact and he still decided he was going to go on knowing the dangers of uh, going on that island. And like I said, the, the early reports, the original reports didn't say he wanted to go on the island to uh, on island on Friday, which two of the arrested men were The original reports from the early, early on reports made no mention of him wanting to go on the island to um, teach him about God or anything like that. They specifically said that he was just an adventurer. Like you did hear them say earlier on in this video that he just goes to different places. He likes to do adventurous stuff. He goes to South Africa. He goes into the mountains in the snow. He went to the Andaman uh, Sea, which is close to the uh, North Sentinel Island. And so now the reports has changed. The stories always change with, the, with these folks in the news. They always changing stories around to kind of fit a narrative and, and program people in their minds. And like I said, earlier reports, he wasn't even trying to do all that. He was just doing it as an adventure. Now they're saying he's doing it as he was trying to teach him about God and things like that to make him appear a little bit more softer and not like he was going there with a with an ill intent and to make the Sentinel, Sentinelese people look bad for attacking him. But it's I'm, I'm sure it's widely known and it's going to be widely known now that you're not supposed to go over there because if you go over there they kill you on site they will get you on site so anybody watching these videos or checking out this podcast you now know do not go to the north sentinel island because you will get killed on site don't come up with these excuses that you're going to try to make friends with them they don't want to deal with you supposedly They've been away from people so many, you know, so many years that even 
some certain types of contact that they get in contact with somebody with a cold the cold might kill them or the flu and the flu might kill them supposedly but I, I think they're I think they're pretty advanced and probably know how to deal with um, different germs and stuff I'm sure they got stuff on that island that can probably cure some stuff but people don't know that and I think people are curious and want to go over there and find out and like you've seen in the videos that they had the, the video footage these people are dark skin they are not those Indians that are over there in India they are Africans and then historians and everybody has said the same thing all right so let's check out another video real quick before we get out of here now to the new details that we're learning about the last days of that American mission. Missionary who was murdered on a remote Indian island. They say he was murdered. Dying at the hands of natives who were armed with bows and arrows. Authorities are now trying to determine if there's a way to recover his body. Searching ABC's Libby Notice the narrative they put out there. You got to be careful and listen to what people say. They putting it like they're making it like it's the Senegalese fault. He was murdered. No, he wasn't supposed to be there to begin with. He committed an, an illegal act. John Chow did. And they're not addressing it that way. He illegally went on that island. He wasn't supposed to. Davis is here with more. Good morning to you, Lindsay. Good morning, Paula. It is illegal to go within five nautical miles of this island because the inhabitants are known for aggressive behavior against outsiders. But John Chow. And she just said it there. It's illegal to go within five miles of this island. And then she tried to say because they'll get aggressive. Yeah, why not? If that's their island and you don't want nobody invading it, it's just like another country. You're going to protect yourself, right? So you got to be careful and watch how these people change their, their narrative to frame your uh, framework and your mindset about certain people. Authorities are now trying to determine if there's, if there's a, way a way to recover, recover his body. body. Searching, Searching ABC's Lindsay Davis, Davis is here with more. Good morning to you, Lindsay. Good morning, Paula. It is illegal to go within five nautical miles of this island because the inhabitants are known for aggressive behavior against outsiders. But John Chow, an American missionary, told friends he was drawn there to spread the word of God. So they put him as an American missionary, but earlier they were saying, he was a, a adventurer, not a missionary, but an adventurer. So they changed the narrative again on the guy to put a certain mindset and framework once again. So ABC's Lindsay Davis is here with more. Good morning to you, Lindsay. Good morning. Paula, it is illegal to go within five nautical miles of this island because the inhabitants are known for aggressive behavior against outsiders. But John Chow, an American missionary, told friends he was drawn there to spread the word of God. This morning, new details are emerging about the final days of John Chow, the American missionary believed to have been killed by an endangered tribe on a remote island in the Indian Ocean. Journal given, given to the Washington, Washington Post by his mother, the 26-year-old who traveled the world preaching Christianity and documenting his travels on Instagram, wrote about illegally making contact with the Sentinelese, a small indigenous tribe. 
five that has resisted contact with the rest of the world. In that diary, the missionary talks about trying to engage with the tribe, offering them gifts while singing worship songs. But he says the initial contact didn't go well. I'm scared, he writes, watching the sunset and its beautiful people, wondering if it will be the last sunset I see. Lord, is this island and Satan's last stronghold where none have heard or even had a chance to hear your name? Chow reportedly left the 13-page journal with a fisherman he allegedly paid to take him to the island. Those fishermen were arrested for helping Chow get to the island. Contact with the tribe is illegal. Even, Even after the 2004, 2004 tsunami, tsunami, a member of the tribe was photographed on the beach firing arrows at a helicopter sent to check on their well-being. His desire was to befriend them. He brought gifts to them, but unfortunately, as we now know, that didn't happen. In his last journal entries, he appears to struggle with whether to abandon his quest to convert the Sentinelese. I think I could be more useful alive, but to you, God, I give... Give all the glory of whatever happens. Forgive any of the people on this island who try to kill me, especially if they succeed. Despite his apprehension, he did return to the island and was never seen alive again. Fishermen say that they saw his body being dragged and buried. Local authorities believe that he was killed with bow and arrow. But contact with this tribe actually mentioned in this case, it's, it's illegal, but for good reason, right? Exactly. They don't have immune system the immune system to be able to basically survive, basically survive potentially kind of the kind of diseases that outsiders, outsiders might bring. And they've, and they've had, had unfortunate encounters with the outside for a for reason for us. Lindsay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hi, everyone. Now, I found that one interesting as well. Like I said, the comments of the ladies, she was like, well, yeah, they they'll attack attack people, right? And then the other guy says, "Well, it's within good reason. They got a reason to attack because how they've been treated or approached, right?" And so let's try this last one real quick. I'm not gonna do that. All right. And so with that being said, let's try one more video here and see what we can do here. All right, American Skill Tribe. Let's do this one right quick. All right. Book of the day, the formula, the universal law. You should have already saved it. What kind of games are you on? Just success. Interesting book. Here's a quick point for Okay, he went to meet one of the world's most remote tribes in the Indian Ocean, seeking adventure and apparently also to preach Christianity. But it's a journey that ended in tragedy to 27 year old American John Allen Chow. Joining the studio now to discuss this as our correspondent is Markuma. Is Well, what do we know exactly about what happened to John Allen Chow? Well, the mission is a bit sketchy, but we know the fisherman took John Allen Chow to these very remote sentinel islands. He tried to make contact with these tribes people on several occasions. He held the diary, he wrote a diary. 
diary. We, we know we from his diary entries that, that he went to the island, island on one occasion on November the 14th, and, and he came, came with bringing fish, fish and a football. And as he came in, he, in, he, he said, said, I hold, I love you, you and Jesus loves you. you. But then, but then he saw these tribespeople raise their bow and arrows, and he said then he ran to his car and he paddled away for his life. Well, days well, later, later, he reattempted this visit, visit and, and he got, he got fishermen, fishermen again, the fishermen to bring him uh, near his island, island. He, took he took his kite back. back. The fishermen, the fishermen observed what was taking place, place. and they, they said that they, they saw a general Chow, Chow go onto the island, he saw the tribespeople with their bows and arrows, and they started to fire a volume of arrows at him, but he carried on walking. They then saw his body fall. And, and then they, they saw the tribes people, and this is obviously all here, they, they saw the tribes people put a rope around his neck and drag, and drag his body, his body away. Now, given the remoteness of these islands, um, the Indian authorities are saying it's not going to be a very easy task to recover his body. What do we know about these tribes people and why perhaps they're so protective of their islands? Well, there are some four native tribes on the Andaman Nicobar Islands. These are the most cut off, and they really want to preserve their isolation from the outside world, and they're known to be very ferocious. Uh, back in 2006, some uh, fishermen were moored nearby, their boat was cast adrift, and it went onto the shores of these islands, and they were also killed. So they're also very vulnerable to disease, because they, they have no contact with the outside world, so they've got no immunity to illnesses like measles and the flu. And we're thinking there's about... Alrighty, so that's on that. Let me see what this one is about real quick. But what, what happens, happens now? now? <coughs> the big, big question is that must be asked. asked. For an, an island, island that is off limits, limits and is officially and legally out of bounds for anyone to visit, visit. Did, did this young man have any business going to that island? Was it not an irresponsible act? act? And a foolhardy act that has finally led to visit. Forested 
this method from the world's mainstream and has been known to violently defend their isolation from outsiders. While attempts have been made in the past to contact the Sentinelese, the population stands protected and the island is officially off limits under Indian law. So, what business did John Allen Chow have visiting the island at all? Letters of journal entries confirm that he was visiting to attempt converting the Sentinelese people to Christianity. Sample these declarations John made in letters and journal entries right before his death. You guys might think I'm crazy in all this, but I think it's worth it to declare Jesus to these people. Please do not be angry at them or at God if I get killed. The eternal lives of the tribe is at hand, and I can't wait to see them around the throne of God, worshipping in their own language. John had begun visiting the Anaman Island in 2015. His final visit began in October on a tourist visa. The police say he paid fishermen to take him to the island. One of the fishermen who saw uh, John Allen Chow uh, Dead, uh, as alleged by him, as revealed by him, although he saw from a distance, and he arrived at his conclusion by seeing the silhouette by the clothes and by the other circumstances, uh, and the feature, bodily features, although from a distance. So, taking that primacy. Uh, as, as, a, a, uh, as a first information, so, so we have a listed case of murder and we have taken up the investigation. What followed was a two-day attempt to establish contact with the Sentinelese people from a fishing boat. His journal showed that first he offered them fish, but was chased back to his boat by young Sentinelese with bows and arrows. This continued for two days until the fishermen observed John body being dragged on the beach after the beach. What did you do? I just, I just talked. Okay, Thank you so much for you. that. Um, so you guys got that and seen what was going on here. All right. And so this guy was going to an island that was illegal. He tried to say like, he knew that, like basically he knew he wasn't supposed to be, and he still decided to go anyway. He got warning the first time left, and then came back again. And he still wanted to go on, on this island, and nobody gave him permission to do so. All right? So there you have it, folks. Um, so with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, before we get out of here, I want to thank y'all for watching and checking out the show. All right. Be sure you guys want to learn um, how to start a podcast. Check out the book coming up in January the 1st of 2019. It's how to start easy, how to start a podcast real easy. Be sure to get that book in Amazon, all right? Just type in the title, and that book will show up for your Amazon Kindle, all right? So be sure to get that. And again, like I said, folks, we appreciate you watching the show. For those who listen to the show, definitely thank you for listening. 
We are on Radio Public, Overcast, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, Breaker. Um, there's another one. I think Apple Podcast. Of course, when we're on live, you want to see me and watch me live. I'm on YouTube and Facebook as well. You can go to Twitter as well and check out the show. And um, most definitely, we thank you for coming in. All right. So with that being said, I appreciate you guys once again. We're going to get on out of here, man. All right. You guys be sure to check out the show. I try to be on most time around one sometimes like i said there was a lot of difficulties going on trying to even get the show to go and be on and um so it's a lot of problems trying to get on the show man so with that being said ladies and gentlemen i appreciate you guys again and i'm gonna get on out of here all right we'll see you again peace Don't brush your teeth.